Benicula, Chapter 5, Chester Goes Into His Act. This recording is made with the permission of Scholastic. The next morning, I was awakened by a scream. Robert! Robert, come down here right away! There's something wrong in the kitchen! For a moment, panic seized me. I thought she'd run out of dog food. But then I remembered the events of the previous evening. Mr. Monroe came bounding down the stairs. Chester! Chester! I cried. Did you see Mr. Monroe? His face has turned white. It's Benicula, isn't it? No, he said calmly. It's shaving cream, you idiot. By now, the excitement in the kitchen was at full throttle. The table was covered with Benicula's handiwork. There were white beans and white peas and white squash and white tomatoes and white lettuce and white zucchini. What can it mean, Robert? Mrs. Monroe was saying. I'm getting worried. One tomato is a curiosity, but this is unheard of. There must be something wrong with our refrigerator. That's it. It's turning all the vegetables white. But look, she said, I left these tomatoes on the windowsill, and they're white too. And this squash I left in the bowl on the table. At that moment, Pete and Toby came into the kitchen. Holy cow, what's going on? Hey, maybe it's a vegetable blight, Mom. Could that be, Robert? Did you ever hear of anything like that? Well, uh, no, actually, uh, that is, I've heard of blight, but nothing like this. Chester leaned my way. This will take forever if we leave it up to them. Sometimes human beings can be so slow. I started to answer him, but he was heading for the table. What about that friend of yours in the agriculture department? Oh, Tom Cragen? Could we call him and ask him if we're doing something wrong? It's DDT, Mom, Peter interjected. I know about this stuff. It's because you buy vegetables that aren't organic. All vegetables are organic, Peter, Mrs. Monroe replied. That's not what my teacher says. See, Toby, I told you this would happen. They're using chemicals on our food, and if you're not careful, you'll turn white too. Like Dad? Robert, couldn't you take that shaving cream off your face? Oh, yes, of course. Where's my towel? I know I brought it down with me. For that matter, where was Chester? I'd seen him going toward the table, but I'd lost track of him listening to all that talk about DDT. I just hope they didn't use any of that stuff where they grew chocolate cupcakes. Pete, did you take my towel? Why would I take your towel, Dad? I don't shave. Just then, the door swung open. I could not believe my eyes. There was Chester with Mr. Monroe's towel draped across his back and tied under his neck like a cape. That was strange enough, but on his face was an expression that sent chills down my spine. His eyes were wide and staring. The corners of his mouth were pulled back in an evil grimace. His teeth were barred and gleaming in the morning light. He cackled menacingly and threw back his head as if he were laughing at all of us. I thought he'd completely lost his mind. There's my towel. What's the matter, Chester? Were you cold? 
Mr. Monroe bent down to take the towel from Chester. Before he could lay his hands on it, Chester flipped over onto his back, closed his eyes, and folded his paws over his chest. It was a hideous sight. He opened his eyes wide. With paws outstretched, he slowly lifted his head. His eyes glazed and vacant. Soon, the upper half of his body followed, all in one smooth flow, until he was in a sitting position. Hey, Dad, did you leave your brandy glass out last night? Chester's acting a little weird. Well, sons, cats are funny creatures. I glanced at Chester. He wasn't laughing. Psst, Chester, what are you up to? I'm a vampire, you dolt. Can't you tell? I'm trying to warn them. Well, it's not working. You'd better think of something else. Chester frowned, apparently deep in thought. So you see, Toby, Mr. Monroe was explaining, all cats are as individual as all people. Maybe he just wants to get our attention. Isn't that right, kitty cat? Ordinarily, Chester would have left the room upon being called Kitty Cat, but he was lost in thought. Come on, Chester, give me back my towel. Mr. Monroe moved toward Chester. Chester's eyes lit up. He looked at me and smiled. I sensed I was not going to like what he had in mind. I was toying with the notion of slinking under the table when Chester fixed me with his eyes. How deep they were, like black pools. I felt myself floating, lost in them, my will no longer my own. I felt an inexplicable urge to murmur, Yes, master, when he walked slowly, steadily toward me. As he drew nearer, I found myself unable to move. He stopped before me, never taking his gaze from me, and lunged. Yow! Mom, Chester bit Harold on the neck. Aw, that wasn't a real bite, was it, Chester? That was a love bite. Isn't that cute? Love bite my foot? That hurt. Chester, what's the matter with you? I sputtered. Do I look like a tomato? Oh, it didn't matter anyway, Harold. They don't understand. How can human beings read the same books I do and still be so thick? Our conversation was interrupted. Mrs. Monroe picked Chester up and cuddled him. I was praying she would not add insult to injury by kissing his nose, which he hates more than anything. Poor Chester, do you need a little love? Do you know what I'm going to do to you? You big ball of fuzz, you, oh, oh, I could tell what was coming. I'm gonna kiss you on your little nose. Yep, I could tell that was coming all right. Chester knew better than to resist. He went limp in Mrs. Monroe's arms. Mr. Monroe took his towel off of Chester. I still don't know why he's wearing my towel, he said. I think he must be cold, dear. Here's your towel. Why don't you get his kitty sweater? Chester looked ill. And he can wear that all day. As Chester was being buttoned into his bright yellow sweater, with little purple mice and cowboy hats all over it, Mr. Monroe said, What about those vegetables? Shall I speak to Tom Cragen? Yes, dear, Mrs. Monroe said. Why don't you? I'm sure there's some explanation. 
in the meantime, I'll change markets. To tell you the truth, I'm really much more worried about Chester. We'd better keep our eye on him. Chester and I did not speak until late afternoon. I was busy nursing my neck, and Chester was busy hiding under the sofa, too embarrassed to be seen. When we did speak at last, it was a brief exchange. Hey, Chester, I called when he finally crawled out from under. We don't have to worry about any vampire bunnies anymore. All you have to do is stand outside his cage in that sweater, and he'll laugh himself to death. <laughs> Chester was not amused. That's right. Make fun. All of you. No one understands. I tried to warn them, and they wouldn't heed. Now I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Whereupon Chester and his 16 purple mice went into the kitchen for dinner.